All right, welcome to the podcast. I am Pam Muhlenbeck. I'm here with Kane. Good evening. And this is Wine Time, the show where we crack open a bottle of bubbly and suggest you do the same. Usually I would say wait until you get home before you crack open that bottle, but as you are all at home already because you are good citizens of the planet, let's start drinking right now. And join us as we chat through the week that was. So Pia, what are we drinking today? I notice it's not wine again. No, it's not wine again. We still haven't been to the shops to get wine, so we have an... A Disserano fizz. Sour. Oh, is fizz. it the fizz? Yeah, it's, oh my gosh, it is the most tasty cocktail ever. Mine's it's, empty. Have you drunk it already? <laughs> oh my gosh, we just started, <laughs> darling. I literally gave him this like 30 seconds ago. <laughs> I, view, I view it as Dutch courage. <laughs> gets, I figured I have to do one whole drink before I start the podcast and then I'm, I'm good to go. <laughs> Loosey goosey. Then, then I just need six or seven throughout the rest of the podcast and I'm good. <laughs> gold, gold content. <laughs> so it has been another solid week on the podcast. I'm yes. very happy with all the reviews we're getting. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, but this week is a new week for us Why? In, in podcast milestones. Okay. Because we've reached the top 10 in a new country. Oh, wow. In fact, we've reached the top five. Nice. In Zimbabwe. <laughs> Zimbabwe. Somewhere I've always wanted to go. It looks amazing. Yes. And I think now we will be welcomed with open arms. Why? Well, because we're number five. We must be like national heroes. Oh, I, <laughs> <laughs> I was immediately thinking of like closed borders. I'm like, why would they let us in? <laughs> oh, no, no. Nothing to do with that. More, more just in the fact that our podcast is brilliant over there. <laughs> I must well, thank add, you, Zimbabwe. I Appreciate must just also it. add it is number five in the um, comedy interviews category, which is within comedy, which is within the main podcast chart. So in the real chart, we're probably at like 3,000, but in my world, we're at number five. (laughs) The only charts you look at are like comedy. (laughs) Well, the only charts I look at are the ones where I'm performing well. (laughs) (laughs) It's a selective. (laughs) I I mean, I think that's the way that you're meant to do marketing, right? (laughs) I love how you give me these highlights at the start of everyone. (laughs) It makes me feel good. And I think it encourages other people to go, I know someone in Zimbabwe. Let's send them the link and see if we can get it to number one. Yes, do that. That's the plan. Um, before we do get started on the podcast, mm-hmm. on the off chance that you are listening, Carol Baskin, I must apologise because the whole planet is singing your name. Don't say it, don't say it, don't Carol say it. Carol Baskin. <laughs> Killed her husband, whacked, whacked him. <laughs> I cannot stop singing it. And I know. No one else can. And it must be really bad because there's no actual proof that she did kill her husband. But circumstantial. <laughs> I don't know. You're the lawyer. I don't know. I don't know. It looks pretty clear cut off the back of that documentary. If you still haven't watched Tiger King, I know. I don't know why we're still talking about it, but there's now a meme that is a song that's now stuck in our heads. Well, the song's now massive on TikTok. So as a result, it's kind of like gone super viral. Yeah. Like it would have been played millions, if not billions of times now. Viral defamation. Amazing. And, but no, but it is like <laughs> the song actually just says that this woman, Carol Baskin, killed her husband and yeah. fed him to the tigers that she owns. And that's why you can't find the remains. And she hasn't been found guilty of that in a court of law. And so, the, And the husband hasn't been found. So there is that as well. Yeah. She does seem like a bit of a nutter in the show. He might have just literally got on a plane and flew away. Complete nutter. And have you seen the wedding photos? I think that her and her new husband's wedding photos are more disturbing than the fact that she may have put her ex-husband through the mincing machine. No, she wouldn't have put him through the mincing machine. She would have just like dropped him in there. Lions can tear through bones. I think, can't they? I guess so. I'm pretty certain. Like She had to like say in the documentary that his limbs don't, physically fit in the mincer 
What? <laughs> what? Yeah. She says that as like a reason why she clearly didn't kill him. Like obviously oh. he wouldn't fit in the mincer. <laughs> oh my goodness. You know, um, what was that movie? One of my favourite films. The Kingsman. I think it might be Kingsman 2. Oh, I love Kingsman. You know, with the, oh, that, it's really graphic though. It's very graphic. But you know that, that woman who has the, I think it's a deserted theme park or something? Yeah, or an I old, know. old diner. Yeah, and like the it, villain. Yeah, but she's got it up in the hills. It's really weird. Yeah. I, I love the visuals on that movie. It's my favourite colour grade of all time, apart from the mechanic with um, the bald guy that reminds me of me. What's his name? The Rock? No, no, no. The <laughs> other one. The other one. Uh, he's married to that woman who's a model. English lady. Oh, Jason Statham? Yeah. <laughs> if I grow out my air and I talk like this, there ain't no way people are not thinking I am Jason Statham. <laughs> you sound exactly like him. Completely forgot what I was talking about. That. Oh, yeah, the mechanic has great colour grade. That's one of my favourite colour grades. But the Kingsman has my second best colour grade. Yeah. Um, and in that movie, the lady um, puts one of the guys in the mincer. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. That's the exact visual I got when I heard Carol's story. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we just posted a new vlog. We were kind of chatting to to the Pika crew about what we're going to do now because realistically, travel vlogging is off the cards for us for a little while. Well, internationally it is, yeah. Mm. Kane, you, you know how he likes his conspiracy theories? He actually has now a zombie <laughs> zombie apocalypse survival kit in the front of our car. Well, I didn't realise at the time. I just thought I was preparing for like, you know, an epidemic. But it, the, the comment section pretty much clearly states that I've obviously prepared for a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> clearly have, yeah. Not a medical <laughs> pandemic. Like for a medical pandemic, I should have bought gloves and soap. I ended up buying an axe and a flint to start fires. And a, and a tent. tent. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you, if you want to see what we did and what we purchased to prepare ourselves for the coronavirus, the vlog is up now. None of which has been necessary at all. Oh, I haven't even gone to the car. <laughs> we haven't even opened any of the things. But now for future, you know, emergencies, we have a flint and <laughs> if we need to. a water filtration system and a little solar panel. I was happy that I had the Tesla when I found out about the coronavirus because I was like, wow, this car has bio-defense mode. Mm. Like literally it can protect you from bioweapons. Yeah. Which Elon Musk has been very quiet about, might I add. Has he not, has he either confirmed or denied whether or not it works against coronavirus? He has said nothing. And I think for two reasons. Firstly, he probably doesn't want to use the word bioweapon defense mode when talking about something in China. <laughs> because oh, like, yeah. at that point you're implying that Is maybe. Is it actually called bioweapon defense mode? Yes. That's what the feature is called in the Tesla? Yeah. Oh, okay. So if he addresses this, yeah, he's essentially labeling implying, the yeah. virus as a bioweapon. Plus, okay. also, uh, my personal research shows that the size of the coronavirus is actually smaller than the filter in the car. So it would still get in. Oh, so it doesn't filter well, it. Well, it filters everything else, just not this one. Oh, there goes my survival plan. <laughs> <laughs> my plan was just to put a mattress in the back of the car and leave the aircraft. Live on. in there. <laughs> LA are getting a glimpse of what the world would be like if there was no petrol cars right yeah the air's very clean yeah because so few cars are moving right yeah mm. and elon musk posted that if all the cars were made of teslas the teslas driving around town would actually clean all of the air outside as well oh so by teslas driving around town the air in your city or air in your town will get cleaner are you kidding how cool is that like just as a, as a selling feature isn't that brilliant so it's like putting a bunch of like Filters, air filters out mm. into the world. Yeah, exactly. Wow, that is really cool. And it's the same quality filter that you get. Actually, in fact, it might be even better than that you get in like a Dyson, like a big $1,000 Dyson fan. Yeah. Um, so it's a full HEPA, fil HEPA filter. 
Yeah. And it just, it cleans it. It cleans all the crap out of the air. I didn't realise it could actually like clean the air outside, like in the world. Well, I thought just, it just meant like inside the car. Well, just by the nature of the way that it works. Yeah. It has to bring So in does it clean inside the car and then when you open the window, that gets let out clean air? No, when you're in biodefense mode, it actually keeps a positive pressure in the car. So air does actually leave the car as well. Yeah. Air leaves the car slower than air comes in. So it keeps you safe and also expels clean, clean air. Amazing. So the other day we went for a little bit of a drive and we saw a bunch of teddy bears in windows and I kind of had to Google what was going on because I had no idea. And it turns out there's this really cute initiative where people are putting teddy bears in the windows, like pointing outwards onto the street to comfort children at this time, basically to show like a little friendly, you know, nod to your neighbours. Well, I must admit, I walked past a kid the other day and because I had a mask on, I must have looked really scary mm. because don't forget if you're a small child or a, a medium-sized child and you see Jason Statham with a mask on, you, you think, get oh my goodness, <laughs> yeah. are they filming the Transporter Three? <laughs> no, you would assume like oh, like the the last person you saw with a mask like that was Bane from Batman. Like you'd be scared, yeah. right? Yeah, totally. So I I get it, and also like my mask is is quite hefty. I think we should draw a smile on your mask. <laughs> I've actually seen that the nurses are wearing photos of themselves smiling on their chest oh. so that when they go into a hospital ward they whoever the patient is can see they're oh this is a happy person because it would be so scary to look in someone's eyes yeah. and that person isn't happy because they're doing a job that is not a nice job yeah so it would be in terms of like mental health i think it's a great idea yeah i must admit seeing people in like especially like hazmat suits and all that sort of stuff she's, is she's talking about me by the way scary <laughs> <laughs> No, you look like you were in some sort of Halloween costume, but I've seen videos of people at airports and everything guiding passengers in hazmat suits, and it looks really scary. Yeah. I would hate to be a kid and see that. I'm not sure if we mentioned it on here, but I did buy a hazmat suit because that was part of my zombie apocalypse thing. <laughs> when it arrived, I, I, I should have known when I realised it was only $19. <laughs> when it arrived, it was a fancy dress one from Breaking Bad, and it doesn't actually protect you from anything, so that was a waste of money. <laughs> it was like little felt cloth. Yeah. <laughs> and that was totally porous. I know. There was no way that was protecting me from anything. <laughs> but it looks like we in Australia are doing pretty well at the moment. Yep. The problem is, you know, the numbers might be controlled right now, but we, we're discussing how they're going to actually start lifting the restrictions. And essentially, as long as there are any cases out in the world or in the country, it's very difficult to lift the restrictions because you'll end up having a second wave. So what they're suggesting now is a app. Okay, I've seen, I've read about this. Yeah. And I, everyone is not happy about it. Yeah. I'm totally down for it. Are you? I don't care. In Australia, they're currently developing an app that you opt into. You mm -hmm. can like literally download onto your phone and uh, fill with your data and then it monitors via GPS whether or not you've been in contact with any uh, positive COVID-19 patients. I think it actually does it via Bluetooth as well. Right. And then the other one that I read about is actually Apple and Google joining forces to build this into the API of so, your next phone. So I think... What you're talking about, both of those, yeah. are the same thing. I think what actually has happened, I think Apple and Google have already created this API. Right. And they're basically, because they're two competitors ultimately, mm -hmm. they're keeping each other honest and fair. 
So it works in their favor. In some same with same way that Apple and Microsoft worked together a long time ago. If you get two competitors to work together, you can actually they can be their own self judge. Are you sure they're the same thing? Because the one that I read about with Apple and Google is literally embedded into the software of your new phone. It's not an app. It's not an opt-in type situation. No. It's literally extended tracking capabilities in your phone. Correct, which we all have already. So what it is, they're opening out the API. Um, This is going to get quite nerdy for a minute. But Apple and Google are opening out the APIs of their GPS tracking to allow any app developer a third-party access in an anonymous level Mm. to access the ID of your device. Not your name, not who you are, not anything about you personally, but just the ID a unique encrypted ID of your phone. Is that what they're calling the key? Yes, it's okay. a tokenized key. Yeah. Um, and what that means is that number is not kind of directly linked with you, but it is a unique number. If that number comes in contact with another phone who maybe has been declared a COVID-19 patient, because your phone via Bluetooth has noticed that it's been in contact with that person in the past 14 days, you will get a notification saying, just FYI, Mm. this phone has been in close contact with someone who has also got the coronavirus. Yeah, go get tested. Go get tested. Mm. Now, that I think is genius. It's brilliant. It's just the same way that the tile works. You have a little GPS thing that helps you find your bags and your, your, your suitcases and whatnot but on a broader scale and actually embedded into the phone. Now, this is interesting because Apple are releasing an Apple key, which is the same as Tile, soon. Like oh, that, they've okay. been developing this for a while, so it's interesting that they're just actually probably accelerating their timeline. What's that for? It's for if you lose your bag, you put it in your briefcase, okay. so like, literally like a little key ring, yeah, yeah. so you can find your keys from your phone. Yeah. Um, and that's something that apparently they've been developing for a while. So I guess that they're just accelerating their timeline on that product. Mm. Um, now, yes, there is obviously a privacy issue with this in mm. that should I let someone track my location? Yeah. Who cares? No, but I read that it's not actually tracking GPS locations. It's literally working, like you said, via Bluetooth. Mm. Yeah, exactly the same as Tile. And it's not really tracking your location. It's just tracking your your proximity to other phones. Correct. The issue that people are coming up with is they they don't want to be tracked by the government, blah, blah, blah. Of course. And also... You know, at the end of the day, if this information gets out, say you are, you know, running a huge drug ring Mm. and they frequently have you meeting up with your cohorts team, (laughs) they would then be able to go, okay, well, this is clearly someone he's like working with because we frequently see these phones in close proximity to each other. If we thought for one minute that Apple and Google were outwardly selling our data to whoever, you'd get very upset and you'd leave the ecosystem. So it's not in Apple and Google's interest to allow this. Yeah. But I've also read the conspiracy theory that like this has all been blown out of proportion in order to implement full tracking of people. You mean the coronavirus? Yeah. I, I've read stories like that for years. Like definitely I've read things where they'll say they'll put a lot of fear in mm-hmm. a lot of the population and as a result, the only way that you can be inverted commas safe is to allow yourself opt in yeah. for some sort of tracking, some sort of implanted ID chip in some sort of, you know, facial recognition, eyebrows, eye uh, iris scanning. Mm. Not I said eyebrow scanning, but <laughs> iris scanning. If that is true or not, I don't know. I know I one thing I do know is I have seen a lot of photos and videos coming out of China and Italy that look horrific. Mm. And if I can do anything to avoid that, I will. Yeah, exactly. At the end of the day right now, people are getting infected and people are dying. That Mm. is not being like faked. No, I don't think so. You know, so if this is something that can help us open up, you know, small pockets of, of, 
different countries that might be safe and kind of guarantee like, yeah. oh, look, we, we actually are totally in control of where the positive cases are. This area is totally, you know, safe and everything like that. I think at the end of the day, it's a pretty good thing. Also, I don't really care if I'm tracked. See, some people- What are they going to get out of it? Where she went to the gym, she went and got a coffee or she went, you know, like- <laughs> Some people have in. a real issue with being tracked. Yeah. And it's interesting when something like this happens because, yeah, it is a slight invasion of privacy. I get that. Mm. But also, so are the street cameras on every street. Mm, exactly. I remember when I lived in England, my journey from my home to my office, one day I drove the whole journey and I actually um, counted how many, not speed cameras, but actual kind of security monitoring cameras because they put them on top of the street lights, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I counted how many I drove past. Mm. I drove past 153 cameras on my way to work. Mm. Now, London surveillance is crazy because they have terrorist issues and blah, blah, blah. So I get it. But me personally, I was filmed 153 times mm. on my 35-minute journey to work. Do I care? No, because I'm not a terrorist. Yeah. So really, the issue kind of manifests itself if you are being criminal. I guess so. I think there is a lot of, there are a lot of people just simply attached to their right to privacy and their civil liberties, yeah. which I totally understand because it could be kind of a snowball effect, right? You you say, okay, well, now you guys can track us and the next thing you can control us more and mm. all that sort of stuff. So I think it's kind of the snowball effect that people are worried about rather than just the tracking. But at the end of the day, I don't think anybody – there's no privacy these days anymore. Like we're all over social media. We're all publicizing our faces to the world so, constantly. Yes and, and no. And then with cameras everywhere, you know, the government can track where we are anyway. Yeah, exactly. I think where you could actually foresee a legitimate issue is this, this example here I'm about to give you. Imagine you are driving, mm. you've opted in for this tracking and you're driving 20 kilometers to work, uh, 60 kilometers an hour. Yeah. They, they're tracking you, right? They know where you're going. They know what speed you're going. Mm. What if that street is a 30 kilometer an hour you speed limit? You get a ticket. Limit? Right. Because you've volunteered the information to the government that you were driving too fast. So there's lots of little ways that... Isn't that just kind of efficient? <laughs> exactly. It's just an efficient <laughs> speed camera. But, I don't know. Am know, I wrong here? <laughs> no, but you are, you are volunteering yourself to have basically like a prison tag on you. Yeah. But also, you've got to look, is it, does the positive outweigh the negative or not? Mm. I read an article about the Google and Apple one and apparently... I don't think that's a opt-in thing. I think that's as long as your software is up to date on your phone, it is underlying. In the no, um, I can't believe that to be true. I'm sorry. So maybe it's a feature that's baked into the oh, phone. Oh, I see. I'm sure it is baked in. That you know, it's not an app. It would be like, do you want to do track and trace medical? Yes, thing? I do. Yeah, okay. In the same way, uh, it, it might must be. Con you must consent to it. Correct. Yeah. Okay. I'm but sure that's I, it. Okay, so it's not an app that you download. It's just something that you consent to in your overall privacy policy, like when you're setting up your phone. Well, I mean, in settings, you can turn on. Um, you know, notifications, yeah. you yeah. can turn on GPS tracking. For, and also you can turn on those things for individual apps as so well. So you wouldn't have a problem with it? You're going to opt into this? For sure. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'll just do my drug deals I'm curious on my to see. <laughs> 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 I'm curious to see what... Um <laughs> it, do, it does beg the question, what will the new normal look like? Yeah. Like when all this is over... Well, the world is going to be different. Do you think so? Do you think it's not going to go back to how it was? I mean, no, not at all. What's I think I think we've 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 entered a new era, not necessarily a better one either. In in what way do you think life and normality is going to change? So I saw some videos out of Wuhan, which mm. is where the virus came from, mm. and they're supposedly 
out of the woods and everyone's free to do whatever they want. Um, but they're all still wearing masks. So firstly, that's something we're going to have to adapt to. Like any girl that wears makeup is now going to have a mask, which for a lot of girls, that's going to mess their faces up. Even after they lift the restrictions and declare that there's no coronavirus? I think until there's a vaccine. I think we could be wearing masks for a year. Really? Mm, I really do. Um, just purely because from what I'm seeing out of Wuhan, like they're supposedly okay. Everyone's out on the streets, but they're all wearing masks. Um, every restaurant, shop, bar, everyth- everyone you go into, they now take a temperature check. So you mm. want to go visit five or six shops in Paddington to buy some clothes on a Saturday afternoon, you're mm. getting five or six temperature checks. But Wuhan had a significantly disproportionate number of cases to Australia. I mean... Like, they had way more cases. Uh, if we can clear it up here and then start lifting the restrictions, is there no way that we'll just go back to normal? Okay, so I'm kind of talking in a more global way. Right. Quite possibly Australia will come off a little bit better. Mm. Historically, when you have that level of overconfidence, overzealousness, that can sometimes come and bite you in a mm. kind of a wave two, wave three sort of thing. Yeah. So I don't want to say Australia's going to be fine because – Ultimately, it, it may well not. We might blow up in two months' time. But somewhere like America. Let's use America as an example. I think a lot of our followers are from there. Yeah. Um, and obviously, they've got a far worse case yeah. than China ever yeah. had. So for them to think that it's going to go back to normal is, is not, it's quite naive, really. Mm. They're going to be wearing masks. I see a lot of the manufacturers over there now making masks and selling them, giving them away with their clothing shirt purchases and stuff like that. Mm. Um, I know that they are... Um, they're going to be doing temperature checks and stuff like that just to make sure that when things go back to normal, there's not a reoccurrence. Yeah. Um, I saw in Wuhan in the train station, like there's all the, sec- all the staff and security all in hazmat suits. Yeah. So it hasn't gone back to normal. And let me tell you, you walk into a train station, everyone's in a hazmat suit, you're freaking out. Totally. That's not normal. So it's not like the world's not going to change, but well, we're not going back to the same. I think, I think there are sign- like there's going to be significant industry changes right now. I think this is a huge upheaval for the economy and I think people are changing the way they do business. I Mm -hmm. think there's going to be a lot more automation and a lot more contactless kind of like things like deliveries and things like that. Like Amazon were on the right right path there doing drone deliveries Mm -hmm. and then you've got – I think there's going to be the emergence of a much more dynamic working environment where a lot of people Mm. will opt not to work from offices anymore, but actually set up little workspaces in their house and communicate, you know, via the internet. I I think we're all very much getting used to talking to our colleagues and our friends um, via, you know, FaceTime and Zoom and all these like video apps i'm literally having 10 to 12 facetime calls a day yeah and before this i was doing one a week max yeah everyone would call everyone would text Mm. now with the kind of the the added kind of layer of loneliness that everyone's experiencing Mm. any opportunity to see someone's face is a good opportunity totally and all of my calls are facetime calls now yeah which i kind of i love and i hope that stays on afterwards so again a new normal is going to come out of this yeah um I, i i saw uber drivers today and yesterday that have put barriers between their seat and the passengers. Yeah, I saw that, a tarp. Yeah. Like, like a full tarp between himself and the passenger. I guess that's a pretty clever thing, That's right? going to be that way until there's a vaccine because whether this is a, is a strong disease or not a strong disease, the media has portrayed it that we don't want to catch it. Mm. Um, and if you look at the numbers, it, you, you probably will be okay. That's the positive of all yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. But we now all have been instilled with so much fear 
from both the governments and the media that we're doing everything in our power. Like, I haven't washed my hands in this much ever. I know, my hands are so dry. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but again, a new normal. Like, we're going to wash our hands 10 times a day now. I would absolutely hate to be dating right now. As a single am, person? Oh. <laughs> Impossible. <laughs> I would hate it. I, I mean, I honestly feel for people who are like starting up a relationship right now and then now they're just separated. Or, you know, people who are just absolutely dating, going out meeting people. That's difficult now. I think that there's going to be I, – I see that as a positive. That's the, one of the things I really see as a positive. And really? it's only because of you and me. Okay. When Pierre and I met originally – it was it was long distance. Yeah. So all of our friendship, all of our relationship, and all of our love grew from the phone. Yeah. I know it sounds so nerdy and so 1950s, but we actually became friends, like deep, deep rooted friends, very early on. It was all based on conversation. It had to be, and sometimes we would we would sit on Skype for four or five hours a day. Oh, literally. Yeah. <laughs> But off the back of that, I think we're pretty good mates now. Yeah. Oh, we are you know, good mates. Ten, ten years <laughs> Thanks, in. husband. No, but 10 years <laughs> in, we're still good, right? Yeah. So I think we might see this far less flippant attitude. Like dating apps have, have, have brought on the, the, the era of flippancy. They can churn through people pretty quick. Right. When you are in this situation now where the only way someone's actually going to see you is if you've put in a solid two to three weeks of chat yeah. And also, two to three weeks of proving that you haven't got a virus. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to do that too many times over. You're going to meet someone, chat to them heaps, become you know solid and build up a trust relationship over weeks. Yeah. And then go meet them. It's gone back to the days of having to like court, court. someone. Yeah, exactly. Like, it could be a very interesting change. Yeah. Like you might see marriages just skyrocket next year where people are really like super committed to their relationship because I don't they've made connections right with yeah. other people that's I think interesting could, i think that could be a real positive out of this that's such a nice positive because i saw that a lot of on the negative side of things a lot of people who have been in isolation with their partner and they're not used to spending 24 hours a day with each other there's a surge in divorces. I saw that in China. <laughs> There's a surge in divorces in China because they're oh. just all stuck together right now and they're not used to it. I, I, I saw that and that did make me chuckle. We were on a dog walk earlier today and I saw this guy in the car and he was literally sitting in his own car, parked mm. by himself, listening to meditation. <laughs> I'm like, Probably just to get away from his wife. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm, I'm really starting to enjoy the whole cooking from home thing. Are you? Are you enjoying it? I'm enjoying it. Are you enjoying the, <laughs> the act in, of cooking from home? I'm enjoying the act of letting Pia cook from home. She's just <laughs> a, such a better cook than me. I do volunteer. I'm just not very good. And she keeps <laughs> saying, no, 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 you sit down. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> it's just because I'm a crap cook. I always think he like, he offers to do chores, but then he does them like, Badly. Yeah. <laughs> and I very much think that's on purpose so that I just get frustrated. I'm like, sit down, I'll do it. <laughs> that is absolutely a man thing. Men do that all the time. Like, it's hey, can so you, clever. Can you hoover the kitchen, hoover this, and you just don't do it very well. And then <laughs> the woman goes, oh, let me do it. Come on. Like, I'll show you. My parents did that. I'm sure every, every set of parents did that. Same thing. Did you do that with your parents? So you would do chores badly and your mum would get frustrated and take over? No, because I was paid for my chores. So I had to do a good job. Oh. Yeah. I would I'll get... pay you. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used to get paid for mowing the lawn. I'll pay you $12 for my meal for dinner. I mean, I'm just going to put it in the microwave. So that's easy. What do you mean? What are, what are you going to put in the microwave? <laughs> I've got a microwave meal. <laughs> I'll just dig out the freezer. <laughs> I used to get paid for doing like garden chores like digging watering the plants i'd get like five pounds 
That is brilliant. Yeah, I loved it. I would literally just keep myself occupied for like the whole Saturday. I'll pay you because it just comes from our joint account. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually got a, uh, a question. It's not a question, actually. It's a comment. Yeah. I may have misspoken. And I feel bad. Oh. Yeah. I need to, uh, to apologise to Karen and uh, explain myself. So this is Karen's comment. Hello there. Love your podcasts and I love your, uh, your videos, etc. I really do. But this week's one, um, I was a little bit upset because um, saying that the British people are racist and that we're bigots, etc., etc., uh, it's just not true. I mean, where Harry and Meghan are concerned, as long as they're happy, that's all that matters. It really is. So that was regarding Harry and Meghan. I said that the it seems that Meghan has kind of moved Harry back to America because of the racism in the UK. Oh. Yeah? I misspoke there. I'm obviously from the UK, but I haven't been back for a while. So I'm only going by what I see in the media. Mm. And that is very telling because that just proves how much of an image the media put across the people outside of the UK. Yeah. Because I legitimately thought, and I apologise, I legitimately thought that the UK was racist towards Meghan. And it turns out, after doing a little bit of research, the media are... But the general public love her? Yeah. Oh, you're kidding. Isn't that insane? So mainstream media (sighs) tear her down. And actually, amongst the UK people, she's quite well loved. So, wow. Karen, I apologise. Um, when I'm wrong, I always admit we it. We should know this. We know that a lot of mainstream media, they just want the clicks. And yeah. a lot of the time they get the clicks from, from a negative headline and we really shouldn't sort of fall for this. All right, so we've got some questions that came in from Instagram this week as well, Pia. Okay. This one's for you. Where is your first airplane ticket going to take you guys after all of this is over? Honestly, Gold Coast. <laughs> I knew you'd say that. <laughs> it's, um, it's not the most exciting international destination or anything like that, but it's where my family is and I miss them so much. So I'm going to have to go straight over there and give my mum and my sister a huge hug. I think that's a nice, that's a nice thing. I think if your mum listens to this, which I know that she doesn't, that would be great none of our family listens to this podcast it's because they're sick of us we talk to them constantly (laughs) Um, okay another question for Pia what software I don't know why this has come up but what software do you use to manage your projects? Um, oh, okay. So we primarily use Basecamp. Yep. It's a sort of a pro project management system where you can all have different logins and you can work on a number of different projects. It's really, really brilliant. You know, you can work on the same document from remote areas and things like that. So check out Basecamp if you haven't uh, found the right one for you because we've used that for a few years now. I think we've used it for six years yeah. and it is the single best thing we've ever got. Um, this is a question for me. What is your favourite conspiracy theory? <laughs> I have two. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah. <laughs> My most recent favourite one is the MH380 plane oh, that yeah. went d- d- disappeared. I won't go into it now um, because... Oh, you spent months looking at this. <laughs> I remember up, that. <laughs> okay. I went pretty deep down that rabbit hole. <laughs> Jen really spent his evenings for months looking into this plane crash. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense, right? There's there's something not quite right there. Yeah. Stuff doesn't just disappear. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that was a very fascinating one. I think that we should really go deep in that on a podcast in the future. Yeah, good idea. Um, I found out a lot of information, and I ended up keeping a dossier. <laughs> only thing, only time I can ever say I ever ever use that word, but I kept a dossier <laughs> of all of my findings. So if I disappear one day. <laughs> after I've revealed everything in my dossier, 
you'll know why because I was <laughs> accurate. <laughs> uh, and the other really interesting one that I like to look at is the origins of the Illuminati and Bohemian Grove and things like that. Yes. Um, because that there are actual photos and photographic evidence of people that we all know in history at these Bohemian Grove meetings and parties and they apparently, according to the conspiracy theories, had human sacrifices and things like that. Yeah. So it all goes very crazy very quickly. Yeah. Whether it, that happened or whether it was just a nice dinner in the woods, I guess we'll never know. But the whole conspiracy theory around it that you know these people actually get together once a year and decide how the world is going to play out this year yeah. And then they go uh, go forth and action it. I find very interesting. <laughs> if I go down that rabbit hole, there'll be no podcast for about three months because I will come back with a bumper podcast. <laughs> It'll be really, really good. Um, but yeah, that's they're my two favourite ones. <laughs> this is a good one. And I think this is, very, this is very good for us. Are there any cold places on your travel bucket list? <laughs> we hate the cold. I think in five years, we've only been to New Zealand, which was amazing. I know. That was cool. No, but do you know what? I really have this huge urge and sort of nostalgia about going back to Germany, Sweden, Switzerland. I would really like mm. a white Christmas. So I think as soon as we can, as soon as it's safe to travel internationally, we've got to have a white Christmas. I want snuggles. I want a fire. Snuggles. I want glue vine. <laughs> I want pretzels. I want Christmas markets. I want the whole shebang. So probably Switzerland, Sweden and Germany where I am from. <laughs> Switzerland for me is one of those places that just looks like a fairy tale. It is a fairy tale. Like I cannot get over. I saw, I think Sam Calder was there recently. It's so beautiful. And I looked at his videos and I just thought this looks looks like a rendering. One of the first Christmas trips that we did was in Germany to Schloss Neuschwanstein. Is that the Disney castle? Yes. Or what it was it's modeled what, on? It's, what the, it's the castle that Disney castle was modeled on. Right. It is incredible. And um, I've been to a number of the castles in Germany and that's something that I think you and I should do together because it's pretty magical. Yeah. Okay. I'm down with that. I am. Um, I've actually got a dream property in my head, <laughs> which Pia hates. Um, <laughs> I'm very big on kind of like security. Mm -hmm. So I figured that the best property we could build for ourselves would be a castle. And uh, again, this has not been approved by my wife, who is the, the <laughs> gatekeeper of all things. So this he one, wants gargoyles okay. of himself. <laughs> no, hang on. Let me explain. That, that's just you focus on one negative point. That's, you said that to me. You want gargoyles in the entrance of yourself pulling all different faces. Yes. So imagine you were <laughs> driving into our castle, right? Also, by the way, this, this is, is not happening. Yeah, this. If you like want this to happen, make sure you um you comment in the <laughs> iTunes thing and say yes. Let's make this happen. Also, rate this five stars. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I want to arrive. You see this castle. You drive in, and there are gargoyles, big twenty foot tall gargoyles, and every one of them looks a bit like a bat. Yeah. With my head on it. Great. Right? But I'm pulling funny, smiley, jokey faces. So it's not that scary. It's a bit scary. It should be scary enough to ward off a burglar because they'll go, who the hell puts their own face on a gargoyle and smiles at me as a gargoyle? This sounds like hell. There the, is no way we are doing this. That's right. But that's what would keep the burglars away. Right? <laughs> then when you get closer, there's going to be a moat, which I like the idea of as well. And then when that moat door comes down, a drawbridge, sorry, you, you walk in and there's a courtyard and then you've got goats and sheep and chickens so you just want a proper castle a, a medieval castle proper medieval castle <laughs> and then when you get inside you have to leave your mobile phones give up your clothes and you get given like a, a smock <laughs> right sackcloth because this is going to be an airbnb 
<laughs> this is like the world's best Airbnb. I reckon it should have like 40 to 50 rooms mm -hmm. and you have two tiers of purchasing when you arrive. Right. You can either be like a backpacker and you can stay for free if you work like the kitchen or you serve food or you clean, like basically like how slaves were oh, in gosh. medieval times. No, like not, not bad. Like you still get a great experience <laughs> doing the dishes <laughs> yeah you work for your keep like, that's, that's what it is or you can come in at like princess level where you pay like a vip price and you are waited on oh so you're bringing back the class system only in a hotel <laughs> um, I, it's an experience it's an exp i think it'd be fun i think a lot of people would do this weirdly yeah i would come in as a as a as a, a pauper a pauper that's the word i would come in at that level because that'd be more fun you get to like clean out the sheep and, you know, do stuff what like that. What do you that. mean? What did you say? Did you say clean out the sheep? Yeah, like there'll be farmyard animals everywhere, right? You've got to clean up after them. <laughs> and then you do stuff like that. I would love to see you doing this. I mean, I wouldn't actually do any cleaning myself, obviously. <gasps> <laughs> but you would have like two absolute, two tiers and that would be the experience. You can either be, you can experience medieval life accurately. Very cool. I'm not saying it's right for life now, but it's a little cult-like. I think you'll get a lot of people who are just like semi-homeless who are coming to like stay for free. But and wouldn't that be great? They work for their keep. I mean, that's a. I'm, I'm helping get people the street. I should get a government grant. <laughs> yeah, you should. You <laughs> and should. then I want a massive turret, like in Shrek. I want the Shrek castle, right? Yeah. I'll live at the top. Nice. And that'll be the only bit that's got like broadband internet. <laughs> I put my Wi-Fi Wi-Fi transmitter right at the You're top. Just sitting up there in like a futuristic turret, <laughs> streaming Netflix in my Playing air conditioning. PlayStation. <laughs> Everyone else is like, "Why am I sweeping up this chicken poop in sackcloth?" <laughs> I reckon that would be a great idea. And then obviously, around the back, you'd have all the Tesla chargers. So like. It'd be a cool, eco-friendly That place. makes no sense. You can't have Tesla chargers. You have horse docking bays. You have horse <gasps> parking. All right, done. Even better. <laughs> You've just added to my medieval experience. <laughs> Why am I getting into this? <laughs> I think this would be a great, great hotel. I need to nip this in the bud. <laughs> so that's my dream. I probably just gave away a really good idea. What was the question? I don't know. <laughs> what was the question? Hang on a minute. Do we want to go somewhere wintry? I don't even know how we got onto this. <laughs> Oh, that's what it was. We were talking about Schloss Schlesslein. That place. <laughs> Schloss Neuschwanstein. Yeah. Yeah. So I would like to build basically the Disney castle. Yeah. And you can either come in as the princess or one of the seven dwarfs. <laughs> <laughs> I, honestly, I think this is a genius concept. And I reckon, unfortunately, me saying it on this podcast. Means someone else is going to do it. Yeah, because I haven't got funding for this yet. <laughs> if anyone's a VC that wants to kind of get involved with a really good oh, hotel go. idea. Coming out of the back of COVID, ride that wave into hospitality goals. Hit me up. Yeah, accommodation and experience yeah. all, all combined. I call it an experience. <laughs> oh, time is up. And that's where we're going to end today's episode of Wine Time. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure you're subscribed and have hit that five-star rating on this episode. Every little bit helps. So we really appreciate that. If you fancy keeping up with our antics outside of this podcast, you can always follow us on Instagram. The links are in this description, or you can check out our YouTube channel where we post at least two videos a week. If you'd like to check out our website, which has heaps of posts, as well as all our photo and video presets, head over to caneandpeer.com. That's www.caneandpeer.com. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you in the next one. Oh,